Welcome to Look Behind the Look, the new podcast that examines iconic looks in film, television, music, and fashion history. I'm your host, Tiffany Bartok. Hi, I have a confession. I, me, I am the last person to watch Schitt's Creek. This was not for a lack of appreciation in any way for the show and the show's talent. I simply had misjudged the entire situation by thinking that I knew what to expect. And as a hardcore fan of Christopher Guest films, I felt like if I didn't have Christopher Guest, I mean, how great could it be? Wow, there's many things I'm wrong about, and this is probably in my top five. Cut to my mother binge-watching it, my mother who doesn't get addicted to any shows, and cut to her crying when it was over. It was because of her that I reached out to Lucky Bromhead and asked her to come on the show. I of course know Lucky's work and followed her incredible IG account, so I knew all of the Schitt's Creek episodes looks, and I knew why they secured all the awards that they have. I then realized that though I knew the looks and had seen so many clips and a few episodes here and there, and eh, I had seen endless amazing, amazing photos of the work done on the show, I had never watched the show completely, like season for season in its entirety. So Jason and I binged all 80 episodes and finished the night before this interview. I'd been crying all night because the last episode wrecked me completely. Lucky had Anya Soares join me, and now I will share with you our conversation. I wanted mostly to ask them how it felt to be a part of something so special, such an important part of it too, and if they recognized how their work has certainly contributed to the world being a better place. The best work is that which has purpose, and these women are extremely special in that I see that purpose along with an unrelenting attention to detail. It's the secret to their impeccable artistry. So here we are, talking about the best show created in recent history with the most celebrated hair and makeup team in TV land right now. And while the show is over, we will always have these stories from the set. So I hope you enjoy them. I, first of all, have to express my gratitude for you joining me today. I am so beyond thrilled to have you both here. I, I... I bow down to the work that you have created. And the thing that I wanted to address right off the top is that I know that there has been so much press on these looks because they are so iconic and so fantastic, but I decided that I just don't care. And I just want to talk to you like this is the first time I've, you know, anyone has ever seen them. So, um, you know, let's just pretend they're not like the most sought after looks for every, you know, going out tonight look. And, and let's just talk about this amazing, amazing work that you've done. I have to confess that I binge watched um, all 80 episodes since we secured this interview. That's awesome. And I literally just stopped crying. I mean, like, that's why I let my son watch the first episode because he was like, what's wrong with mom? And I was sobbing for the first time. And I don't know how long from just feeling it all at once like that and just experiencing them it rapidly, you know, all together like that instead of in bits and pieces. So I can't imagine how you guys have been feeling since the show's been over, but I assume all these awards, this award tour has been helpful in sort of the letting go process, right? Um, how did how did you guys begin? How did you meet and how did how did you come on to the project initially? 
Uh, Lucky, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I've known Dan for a long time. I used to be the um, head of makeup for MTV Canada. And so I met Dan when he started there. So I think he was like 21 or 22, maybe. So we worked together there for about eight years or so, I think. Um, And we kind of developed a shorthand and... um, so he he started you know dropping these little seeds of information about the show and uh it was very exciting and then eventually he asked if i'd be interested in in working on it and i was like yeah <laughs> so you were you were a groomer for dan you're you're responsible for the the hair and um everything on at mtv at mtv yeah, yeah. And actually, this is also where Anya comes in, is that there were there would be certain occasions where, because I was, this is back in whatever year that was, and I was the only person on the hair and makeup team at MTV Canada. Oh, yeah. I mean, MTV has a dollar, right? I mean, for right. HMU. <laughs> They're like, oh, can you keep an eye on the clothes too? We'd really yeah. like that. Thank you. And Right. And, and you know, back in the day, it was... Um, they were doing the Hills after show and that show just like, you know, exploded. And, uh, and then the cast members from the Hills were coming up and it started to become too much for me to handle on my own. Mm -hmm. So I asked Anya to come in to help me with hair. Ah, okay. 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 Great. So you guys were there. So you were hearing, you know, rumblings of this show being developed and at the same time. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. So then they did the, the little, pilot right the snippet and sold that around and then you heard that it was happening it's a go and then how did you come to Catherine well um ironically Catherine and I worked together on a show called Match Game it was a like a game show and uh how do I not know about Match Game yeah well it's it's the Canadian version of Match Game Match Game is actually a, a show I believe from the 70s yes 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 yeah, so they, they kind of did this reboot of it, and we taped a whole bunch of episodes, and that's where Catherine and I first met and started working together, and we, you know, got along really well and laughed all the time, and so when uh, when Dan was talking about the project, he was like, you know, this is who we want to play the mother, um, does that interest you? I said, well, you know, you should also talk to her about who she might <laughs> Thankfully, you know, I have a memorable name and she said, oh my God, I, I, you know, we work together. It's, that's fine. And so we, we already had a a relationship just prior to Schitt's Creek. So lucky for both of us. Yes. Lucky. Were you born with the name Lucky? Yeah. 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 Oh, I love it. My parents are not hippies. Um, (laughs) I was named after somebody else. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And then Anya, how did do you, how did you, you were, okay. So you all came to the show. Now we know how you came to the show. And then how did you begin the process of developing this look that is now iconic? Uh, so I came in a uh, third season. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, at first season, um, Lucky had put out um, on Facebook uh, that they were looking for a hair person, um, and but they had to be a part of the union. And I responded and I said, I'm a part of the union. First of all, 
that that you're talking about Facebook and like, you know, these the things that are life changing and you know what I mean? It just goes to show. I mean, a lot of our listeners are, you know, makeup artists, but a lot of them are, um, you know, it's, it crosses over into the real world. And for people to realize that like this magical connection and this magical opportunity was seized on Facebook is just amazing. So always answer your messages and always, <laughs> always yeah. be reading your feed is the lesson there. Right. Well, it's perfect because we already had, you know, it was like a, huge puzzle piece just falling together because Anya and I had had a uh you know we've known each other for how many years now I don't know 20 or more wow. and uh, so we've worked together uh, on and off for that whole duration and then also uh Anya had a working relationship with Dan okay MTV so that was just a yep. Everything truthful. I mean, this is this is a phenomenon, right? Everything aligning the way that it. I mean, every single thing just was an alignment, right, for yeah. this show. Um, truth that belief that there is uh, something bigger out there for sure. Mm -hmm. I um okay, so you came on to the show third season, and so yeah. so that's interesting to me. So so already you have decided that she has this many wigs. Right. right. Well, she, well, she had she had decided that, you know, she had all Moira had all those wigs. Um, but uh, I remember being in a, a production meeting with Dan and um, he said, you know, just uh, make sure you have. Uh, he said nine. I, I'm not sure where this number came from, but he's like, <laughs> make sure you have nine wigs to start off with. Okay. And um, I was like, OK. Um, so I, uh, uh, I, you know, I without like speaking with Catherine um, about, um, you know, the process, uh, I had uh, also talked to Lucky about the process um, and how um, Moira's um, look is more of a mood. Uh, when she puts on a wig, it's it's more of how she's feeling um, as opposed to an aesthetic. Um, so I had uh, brought a bunch of different styles, um, you know, and it wasn't very contemporary. It was just kind of odd. And um, I was actually shopping for a mood. Um, and so as the seasons progressed, um, I got to establish a relationship with Moira and so the the wigs just kind of evolved from there um and uh I, by the end of the season i i remember bringing i think it was like 23 wigs um at the beginning yeah. um from nine so, to 90. Yeah. <laughs> at a zero yeah <laughs> i would shop for um you know when lucky and i would go on press tours uh to new york and la um you know i always made sure that i had a day where i would shop for wigs um and go to like you know very obscure places and um Those yeah fun days yeah oh early we would get our coffee it would be brisk and cold outside and yeah. we would head to the wig stores and yeah. And just, you know, walk around and I would see Anya picking out these like things that I was like, what the, <laughs> but, you know, and then some of them ended up being some of the most iconic wigs and then watching Anya, um, like haggle with the, the people. Oh, that's funny. It was right. a, like the best. It was a show unto itself. Well, yeah. did you say what they were for? No. No, I mean, I was asking for wigs that nobody was going to buy. 
Uh, and I need that. I, I, and, and I would point that out. I would say, you know, can I have these three for this amount of money? Cause no one's going to come in and, and buy these They're you know? Um, so <laughs> they were like, yeah. So when you present the wigs, one person asked me to ask you how many wigs, if you knew the number of wigs total used and if they all had names or if any, when, when was the naming, when did the name be, when is it bestowed upon the wig? the name? Um, well, I remember, uh, so I, I mean, I would number the wigs according to season and episode. Okay. Um, but, uh, I have a, a great story where, uh, season six, uh, episode one, uh, where Catherine, uh, well, Moira saving, trying to save her wigs and she calls out, um, you know, the names of the wigs yes. and crystal or something. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, um, Lorna and, uh, yeah, just, just a bunch of them. Wait, wait. My babies. No, your kids aren't here. My girls. What girls? My girls. Oh. Lorna, sucker from the left. Okay. If she takes on smoke, she'll never recover. Hey, this, oh. this one. And, and Cindy, Cindy below her. Cindy, I just gave her a blowout. And so Catherine said that when it was the premiere of that, uh, season, that episode, she had invited her friends over to watch the episode and she invited those friends whose names she called out to the wigs. And so when her friends were watching the episode, they realized that Catherine had named the wigs after her friends. That is amazing. Yeah. What an honor. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, so uh, in addition, how many red lipsticks were there? Because I, I noticed a, uh, you know, I could tell sometimes they were orange based. It didn't seem to me that they were always like, it doesn't seem like Catherine always wears a blue based lipstick or an orange based lipstick. It seemed like they had a variety. So how did you, how did you pick, pick which reds you were going to wear? Well, Moira does have a red and it's Matt ah, Ruby Woo. Of course. And that's the, the Moira red and we use it with stripped down uh, lip liner. Okay. Okay. Also from Mac, yes. And uh, but sometimes the lipsticks would vary. There, there was a period of time where we used Dubonnet uh -huh. uh, from Mac for a little while, um, and then sometimes again it was like the wigs, where it, it was a very organic uh, process that we we lived in our own little bubble. Catherine, Anya, and I had our own little bubble. Of course. And <laughs> well, I want to be in it. I want to go. <laughs> I want to go back. Yeah, yeah. We, still we, we still live in it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's okay. Everybody's okay with that. Yeah, you, know that. you don't have to leave anytime soon. It's oh, fine. good. That's yeah. good. We really like it in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so the we would get in our little bubble with Moira. And may I preface this with saying that all of Moira's looks, whether it was the the lipsticks or the the other characters she was playing or the wigs or whatever, nothing was ever meant to be funny right you know, I, that's why her, it worked yeah, yeah. Ira, it's it's very serious to her yes. Yes. and so we took it very seriously in this whole process and then you know every once in a while we would suddenly sort of snap out of the process and just see it objectively and and just start <laughs> laughing because it was <laughs> we would see it how everyone else would see it. yeah um but the lipsticks would definitely often be influenced by the wigs. 
Okay. Um, you know, like there were just times where like that, the, the baby pink wig that she had on, it was like, you know, let's do a, a purple, like a magenta purple kind of lip or the, uh-huh. the wig that she had on. We were like, okay, this, the, the red is sometimes it's just not working. And Moira is a very sort of avant-garde person. And um, so we would put that dark cassis kind of color on with the, the green wig and it just gave it a different edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Did it that- go wardrobe, wig, wardrobe, wig, makeup? Usually, but sometimes not. Sometimes we knew, uh, you know, like we would start talking about a certain scene weeks and weeks in advance, knowing that she was going to be wearing a certain wig or like, okay, you could speak to yeah. that. Like the crow, or, um, you know, oh my God. most of the wigs weren't prepared ahead of time. Um, it was kind of, it, it was a, a lot of it was done on the fly. That's why I needed to have um, about a hundred wigs in our little bubble at all times, because there would be moments where Catherine would try on a wig and she'd be like, no, I'm not in this mood. And then sometimes she would just literally, there were times where she would go through the bin and go this, you know. Okay. So we were talking about her going through the trunk and, and picking and I saw that with um, when she was backstage for Watch What Happens Live. Um, yes. She was picking which which one that she wanted yeah. to do. <laughs> that must, I mean, what was some of your favorite moments of traveling with Moira, like the, uh, in doing the press? Was I'm sure Watch What Happens Live was a blast. Yeah. I, um, one of my favorite moments I had with, Catherine in establishing um, a wig was um, we were flying from LA to New York to do press and a photographer uh, had contacted me and said, um, you know, we're doing a shoot for Emmy magazine and we have creative control over what we want to do. So I mentioned to Catherine, um, you know, tomorrow we're doing the shoot and, and we have creative control and, uh, I said, is there anything in particular that you would like to do? And she said, like, literally in, the, in that minute, I think I'd like to wear a Dr. Zhivago uh, looking hat, but as a wig. <gasps> and um, I was like, okay. Wow. And so Lucky and uh, Catherine and I were looking at reference pictures of uh, the Golden Girls, um, Dorothy, uh, what's her um, I can't remember. B. Arthur. B. Arthur's character. Arthur. And uh, so we literally, uh, the plane landed at like 4 p.m. The wig stores like closed at like 7 or 8. So I had to go to the hotel, check in, go find a B. Arthur wig for the next morning. And um, and it looked phenomenal. Yeah, I can it remember it. I mean, we were doing press for the rest of the day as well. So that yeah. look that, that was in Emmy magazine, which is, I think, is such an iconic image. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I, I, ha- I agree. I, I have to say that this is the second time I have brought up that Emmy magazine kills it. I don't know yeah. what they, why is it not like a, you know, like a fashion magazine? Their yeah. shoots are incredible. Yeah, but that whole look, the the room that we shot that in was in this little sort of offshoot room from 
people's offices. So we were walking oh. through the on their computers and looking up going, oh yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we, we actually put the whole thing together. Cause I, I mean, you can't see it in the shot, but I did do her makeup differently in a, in a more sort of like sixties uh, um, way for that shot. No regrets. Cause the shot's perfect, but we did the whole thing, the wig and the makeup and everything just in some side bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> the office workers would come yeah. in and have a tinkle and we would continue doing our thing and <laughs> yeah keeping it real yeah, yeah I noticed that you know you do a trick on her where you put you concentrate the color in the inner corner here a lot and then I but not always and I wondered what made you make the decision to do it sometimes and not others I noticed that sometimes it's 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 deep here and then and then fans out yeah it's kind of the opposite of what most yeah where it's darker on the outer edge um and lighter on the inner edge and um Catherine and I actually have a very similar eye shape Mm. in that uh both of us have a little bit more I don't know I call I call it meat Mm -hmm. a little bit more meat in here yep (laughs) And uh, it's a little puffier there. And so if uh, I put something dark there and something light there, it ends up making- Highlighting you, it. Well, it makes you look angry. It gives you this sort of like angry, you know, Grinch face. Well, it does for me anyway. <laughs> so when we were talking about the makeup, it would just sort of, de- it would also depend on the mood and all that kind of stuff, right? Like every day when you're working with such a collaborative performer, mm-hmm. Um, every day you're having conversations about what that character is feeling and where they're at. And that contributes to how things are styled, um, makeup wise, and I'm sure hair wise. And, um, so yeah, it, it definitely, and I also did this little trick because it was something I did on myself and eyelashes also usually go shorter to longer. Mm-hmm. So I would just flip them <laughs> and put the longer ones on the inside and for our face shape, it kind of helps to just push that area back a little and give more of um, a smoky, we like to a a rounded smoky eye as opposed to like a cat eye with the shadow. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly how I would describe it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are amazing. I, um, did you ever have pushback? Uh, Did you ever get in a, a creative, like really are we doing this? No. Oh my God. Lucky's laughing. <laughs> Anya's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really, are we doing this? This is incredible that we're getting that our job and we're getting paid to, to, to create this kind of, mm. um, characters like, yes, mm-hmm. I would have those moments where I was like, really, are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't really get a lot of pushback because uh Catherine uh the the character of Moira has so much thought uh put into her Mm -hmm. that there is a reason for everything any tiny thing that you see going on with her hair and her makeup there is a reason if you see like a little flyaway, that's not a mistake right. <laughs> or, or a, a, a lip shape that looks a little askew. That's not a mistake. Everything is very deliberate and precise. 
And so I think that because so much care um, was put into that character on all fronts that um, everybody just sort of let it be and let it breathe because the more that mm -hmm. she was allowed to let things breathe, the better it got. So yeah. we didn't really have pushback. I mean, I've been watching Catherine since the beginning of time, obviously, as most good, good people connoisseurs of pop culture have, but <laughs> I've been a good girl, but, um, and I was expecting all of her, you know, I almost didn't watch the show because I was like, I know what I'm going to get. I know, you know what I mean? I get it. I've, I've seen Catherine for decades, like kill it. What am I going to, and it's not, you know, a Christopher guest project. So like, you know, how's it going to be? The fact that Annie like folded into this world was shocking to me. Like, you know, when you talk about how everything was for a reason, I got the same vibe from Annie as well. And did you guys see that? happen before your very eyes that she just like, I was curious what it looked like with her going into this world that Eugene and Catherine have, obviously Dan was born into it and, and Eugene and Catherine have been doing this for decades and the precision is unparalleled. But Annie had that same vibe. I was so blown away. And did you guys see it be developed? Was, did she learn from the others or did she own, did she have that coming in? I think Annie is such an incredibly talented performer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've never actually met anyone quite like her. I always told her that I felt like her soul, her skin was like, like a bubble, you know, like, so mm. you could feel her emotions and her soul. Wow. Like it was so accessible to her. And she also has that timing. I remember in the, in the early episodes, um, you know, just watching some of the stuff where she would uh, step off set and go, you know, especially after mm. her first scene with uh, Eugene and Catherine, she was like, I just did a scene with <laughs> Eugene and Catherine. Oh my God. Wow. And she is so, um, I, I think it was just this perfect storm of people who uh, are so generous in their performances that they they actually really do you know I I know that Catherine and Eugene when they're when when they're in the moment they're they're still receptive and learning from everybody no matter how long they've been doing it for so mm -hmm. I think that, that was this perfect storm of her yeah exactly <laughs> You know? I know it, it, she, she really like a, she's like a sponge that just I can feel every pore of her even through yeah. the screen. So being there right there must have been so exciting to watch her develop. Yeah. There's this amazing. fearlessness that she fearlessness. has and uh, it's coupled with um, having a good time, mm. you know, uh, and I and I think she always goes into it uh, just wanting to have a good time jumping on in yeah my, my my mother um so my mother had a stroke and uh this is a long time ago and but since then she can only watch um ch kids shows or game shows like she can't track a show so it's so hard because I recommend shows and she can't um follow them and so it's like a loss well she was obsessed with Shit's Creek it's one no, of that's two amazing. that's amazing right it's yeah. one of two shows and I told her that I was talking to you and 
like of anybody I talked to, she was like, this is, oh my God, you know, freaking out. She said, you have to ask them <laughs> how Annie, um, well, she calls her Alexis, uh, how Alexis could look so devastated when Ted left in the and her bed and she was so down. How did they make her look so beautiful? You know, and I was like, I, I think of all the questions, this is hilarious for me to ask you guys. But I did promise that I would ask if if she was wearing when she broke up with Ted. Uh, no makeup or if you guys did something to her um, to make her look more in grief. Yeah, I know. I, cut, I like basically I remember that. Um, and we shot that at the beginning of the day. And I remember her being in my chair for like five minutes because mm -hmm. um, we kind of just uh, went with how she came in, but just a little more camera ready. Uh -huh. um, so uh, basically, I took what I didn't like. Uh, and I left the rest alone. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and yeah, so that was, uh, I remember, I remember that. And uh, we just kept it simple. I mean, she's beautiful uh, on so her own. Beautiful. So it's like, um, you know. So beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, speaking of beautiful, the her cabaret look was unbelievable. And I'm dying to know the backstory about it. You sent um, images that we're going to be showing here and here of um, the John Galliano uh, 2011 runway. And how, how did that, that come to fruition? It was executed beautifully. I loved it. Well, Dan really has a huge part in the aesthetic of the show. So cabaret was something that we were looking forward to for a really long time. Yeah. We all love cabaret and uh, we were wondering like, you know, how it was going to come to fruition. And it was just such a perfect, um, you know, Dan's uh, consistent nods to iconic fashion moments throughout the course of the show are just so they're, they're these really cool little Easter eggs for people who love fashion. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so, you know, it was cool to do that because that, that came from him. That was him saying, this is what I want the vibe to be. And uh, so I, I picked some images and was like, you know, what about a sort of like, you know, mishmash of these. And he was like, yep, yeah, that's it. And that's also Candace Ornstein was the head of department for the show. And mm -hmm. she followed suit as well with the people that she was doing makeup on. And um, it was really fun because we had to do it in this way that was just slightly rough around the edges because they're people in a small town doing makeup. I mean, that's that. I mean, how did you tie that in? Because I was like this, this, I was curious to ask you when they come up with, um, cabaret and it, it wasn't embarrassing right and and you might find these gems in a small town like that you're like oh my god they're really good you know and and uh I thought that you guys executed that amazingly like did you have to discuss where would they get these wigs how would they be able to do this so well is that a discussion at all uh well for um Annie uh we decided on a faux bob a messy faux bob kind of, you know, something that looked like she could do herself. Mm -hmm. Um, so not perfectly, Perfect. but you know, um, and just establishing that kind of era and the, um, you know, the, just the blunt, um, the bluntness of her, 
um, hair. And Moira, uh, for um, hers was, uh, we cut that wig um, in the middle of uh, Uxbridge at like 1030 at night like uh, where we were shooting in, um, you know, out of town. And uh, I remember uh, I said to Catherine, I'm like, we got to like get this wig cut because, you know, and I had to like cut it in the shape of her, her face. And um, so do you put, you put uh, it on her and then cut it? Yeah. And I cut it on her and uh, you know, similar to Liza's, but um, you know, not exact. It had to be Moira, you know, Moira-esque. So yeah. and, uh, you know, just keeping, um, you know, Moira liked to have her hair longer in the front and shorter in the back. Um, so, you know, we just, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, f- f- fidgeted with it late at night. And uh, I remember like being there for an hour and a half uh, cutting it after everybody was gone. Um, so- I remember you cut it like after you got the shape she had the wig on this on a, on a wig head and was just so meticulously <laughs> cutting this wig and just the care that Anya put into those wigs and her makeup was very much like a very heavy nod to uh Liza Minnelli as Sally Bowles she even wore um green nail polish in that scene yes she changed her lipstick to a more orangey color like Liza wore as Sally and the little beauty mark and the the crazy long like spider yep. eyelashes that she had on those were actually Catherine's that uh thankfully you know when she went home on a hiatus she just grabbed them and was like I thought that these might work they're really crazy I don't know if they're gonna work but she had them just kicking around at her house oh and uh I was like, those are incredible. Let's do it. I almost feel like the look was like, I could picture her like Moira putting it together and being like, I think "Mm, I don't like that. I'm going to do it better. Like, I'm going to, I don't like this one thing. I'm going to, I'm not going to make them look so spidery. I'm going to make them a little thinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly, that's, you know, everything has its Moira twist. Oh. And then um, another look that you guys sent over that I wanted to talk about, wait, well, let me see, um, was, oh, well, obviously we haven't talked about the crow. What the heck? I'm so sorry, you guys, there's so much to talk to you about. Can we talk about the crow? <laughs> Please. I love that we're talking about the the looks that are sort of not talked about as much. Good. Me too. Yes. That was I'm I'm very, 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 very happy about that. But I would be happy talking about anything with you guys. So I, I want to talk about the crow look and how the hell that came together. Um well, for her wig, um, I had spoke, that was one of the wigs that, uh, was kind of pre-planned. Okay. Um, we shot that, uh, episode, uh, first at the beginning of, uh, season five. Okay. Creatively, did you know this was coming? I mean, what, when did you know, like, were you guys like, when are we going to talk about the crow? What? Oh my God, the crow, what are we doing? What are we doing? I sat, I remember loading in, uh, we hadn't even started shooting yet. 
And uh, I was reading, we had gotten the script, I think a week before okay. and I was loading in the trailer and uh, preparing this wig at the same time. Um, she had, I, I asked her what she was thinking for the crow wig. And she said, um, you know, I'm thinking uh, I want the hairline to look a little, um, you know, soprano, uh, you know, Tony Soprano, Okay. Um, you know, with a little bit of texture and, um, uh, and, and she, I remember her drawing like a little sketch. Um, and I said, okay. Uh, so I took a Loretta, I had this long black curly Loretta, uh, Lynn wig. Oh, and, wow. um, I just kept, uh, you know, taking out, uh, chunks like wefts and, uh, and thinning it out and cutting it. And, um, eventually everything looked kind of like feathers in the back. Yeah. And I had just slicked the front down to get that, you know, what she wanted with the hairline. And, um, it wasn't until, uh, the final touches where we decided to add a little bit of, um, uh, hair as, uh, at the widow's peak. <laughs> a good touch yeah (laughs) and then you had had the extra step of making it like in development so you had to break down I guess the stages that it was because she come we come into the dressing room and see both of you right we was that fun to be on the show oh it was um, lucky lucky. um Uh, I remember Catherine just saying, can, can, can it just be you? Because there were previous um, um, episodes, like when she does the, the wine commercial where they yes. have an actor being her makeup artist. Right. And, that, and she was like, can it just be you? Because, you know, then you can like move my face around and you're not going to wreck there and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I have other things to do that day. I'm working. <laughs> I'm working. And she was like, so she, you know, spoke to Dan about it and he said, uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. And it was kind of funny because, um, you know, he, Dan oversaw my whole look, and, <laughs> which is oh, so funny. funny for someone who's in it for like a blink of an eye. And he's like overdo it. He's like over managing your whole thing. It's not over. It's just what he does to make sure everything looks exactly how it should look. And, yes. and I remember she had these like little uh, stringy hair pieces and uh <laughs> and so I was in this little room with um you know the director and a couple of cameras and Eugene was in there as well reading his lines because she was supposed to be on the phone oh, yeah 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 yeah. and um yeah it was terrifying <laughs> oh <laughs> lucky actually so fun like it leading up to it I was like what am I doing and of course Eugene would tease me and say you know this is the first scene of season five and it's a don't big mess it up don't mess it up and it's like I I got so red that <laughs> my makeup had to come in and put more makeup over my red parts and Catherine was like oh he did he's doing it because you're doing a good job and she's yeah. you know, obviously so generous and fun and it was really fun like it, it was yeah. terrifying in my mind when I because I, I this was me stepping outside of the bubble yeah so, but anyway, it was, yeah. it was really fun. And uh, what but, an amazing memory to have. Yeah. Yeah. Her name, her name is Voishka. 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 
Yes, Eugene insisted that I have a full backstory. Oh. Uh, and he was like, I, I was laughing and I said, you know, I don't have any lines. <laughs> Eugene, I'm just doing her makeup and be fine. And he was like, That's why he's a genius. That's why. You have to have a backstory. I want to know. And so we came up with this whole character, and she had an accent and everything that I will never do in public. That's only (laughs) because I'm probably going to offend somebody in Bosnia because I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what a Bosnian accent sounds like. but it, it was fun. And then every once in a while, and Wishka was actually really mean. Oh, mean, I like mean, that. And so uh, I, I think that Eugene kind of likes Wishka more than he likes me. But stop <laughs> it. That's not true in any way. But you know, Eugene is probably like you not having a backstory would be like Catherine not having foundation. You know, it's like you cannot skip that step. And that's why yeah. it's so genius. He's such a it, genius. But also when I'm doing the thing, I know that my friends, Anya, et cetera, are out looking at the monitor. It's like right. taking the Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> they um they use so she used the same wig in in the whole time as the crow. Um you mean, oh. it was in the trailer when Lucky was doing her makeup. I oh, yeah. that was her natural hair. I'm trying yeah. to Okay, got yeah. it. Um, that wasn't a wig at all. That's that's her. Yeah. yeah. And that that her when she becomes, you know, closer to being a pro, that was actually we had a few meetings about that. There were a lot of discussions. What was that like? That. Um, it was it's it was a really kind of um a fine line because it's it's uh especially when you're putting like a, a beak prosthetic on somebody who was uh, Mark Wilhahn is the person who created her her beak. Um, like a, a full grown uh, crow has a you know really pointy long beak, but as soon as you put that on somebody's face, it becomes comical and for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And we couldn't have the size of the prosthetic or the shape of the prosthetic be so distracting that it would take away from the performance. So it, it really was a fine line. Honestly. Had quite a few different kind of drafts of what that may or may not look like. Um, and even what her, her makeup, because as soon as we took away the shape of Moira's lips, it didn't look like Moira anymore. Mm-hmm. So we had to keep the crow with her lips, even though it was a more neutral color, we had to keep that lip shape going on because Moira would disappear. So- this is fascinating. And who makes that, that, final decision who's looking at all the the uh, Um, iterations definitely there was a lot of conversations between dan catherine and mark when it came to creating i actually have the little mold mark created the stop it i was gonna ask you where these things are (gasps) moik moik this is moira and mark together moik this is (laughs) that's what the moik um now so it has a name kind enough to give me this but yeah this oh. is actually the 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 thing and and uh, oh, it's pliable oh yeah, wow yeah. you guys you're so good um he uh when we actually did that mold <laughs> i went he had to take a mold of her whole entire face it wasn't oh. just the, the nose so 
I went in to sit with her and keep her company and she, I gave her a notepad and a pen because she couldn't see or speak or anything like that. And I, it, it's such a memorable day for me because even though she was completely <laughs> immobilized in this thing, she was writing down the funniest stuff. And- <laughs> jokes and like drawing funny pictures and I was like how do you oh my gosh did you this is I'm so crazy I'm like did you save the notes (laughs) but I did save things like I actually framed this one because I thought it was so cute of course you did she she would leave her eyelashes at the end of the day I I hope you can see that (gasps) how special is that I you guys I am I don't know what this show does to me but I have been bawling my brains out all morning and that makes me want to I'm like distracting myself by thinking of what I'm going to talk about next because that makes me want to cry so much Um, you know I think I mean both Anya and I for our entire years on that show there wasn't a second that went by that we weren't absolutely steeped in gratitude yeah I mean, what are you most grateful for your show? You were part of something. Did you, did you know, could you see what it was doing for people? Like it's saving lives. It's to be a part of something with that much purpose and executed so beautifully. And so, I mean, it's it's like such a gift when did you realize what you were making maybe when the drag queen started uh dressing as moira Mm -hmm. i was wondering when i saw that in the documentary i thought you were a part of creating something that will be recreated for Mm -hmm. so forever Mm-hmm. How does that feel? That's amazing. What a gift. Uh, I, I remember shooting, uh, we were on location and I'm trying to remember if it was, maybe it was second season. Um, and Dan, um, I mean, the, before we even started shooting, Dan gave me a tour of, of uh, the set and all the different rooms. And I, the amount of care and detail that went into everything, I was so... I, I felt this thing where I was like, you know, and now I, at the time, it was like pride for my friend and excitement mm-hmm. at, at doing this right. thing with with, uh, with my friend mm-hmm. and with his family. And, you know, it's it was very um, dear to us. But I think maybe, I'm, I'm going to guess in season two or something, Dan, uh, read to me um a letter that someone had written to him and i can't even because we stood on set and sobbed and people thought that something had gone really wrong (laughs) so once in a while uh uh, someone would come up to us and be like just checking in is everything okay we were like no we're really and it was this incredibly um heartfelt letter that he had gotten uh, from someone after they saw the I uh, like the wine and not the label episode and how it changed everything their their dynamic and the narrative with their family and it was such a huge and now I'm sure that he gets thousands and thousands of letters like this but um, yeah I'm was- sure it never I'm sure it never is something that you get used to though it's always special I mean yesterday I had um 
I, I get a lot of uh, DMs um, regarding uh, women who are going through chemo, who uh, want to wear a wig and don't know where to start. And uh, yesterday I had somebody who watched the show um, and I had actually spoken to them on the phone because they uh, lived in Toronto. Her sister um, uh, was going through chemo, losing her hair, didn't know what to do. And so I basically, um, you know, guided her through where to go, um, you know, basically where I, I prepped all of Moira's wigs and, um, you know, it's, um, for me, uh, the most important, um, thing about her wigs and helping people, um, is that, uh, she, um, Moira kind of, um, Oh, I'm having like COVID brain right now. Oh yeah. Uh, it's uh, she, um, it's not about, because it's not about what you look like, but about how you feel. And um, I think it brings out, uh, you know, people not wanting, you know, if they're losing their hair, they don't feel like they necessarily have to have the hair that they had before they lost it. Mm-hmm. You know, they can have fun with, you know, new looks and now's your chance. Um, yeah. Now, you know, just to experiment and, and, um, you know, try to have, um, you know, um, a good time with that going through something difficult like that. So, um, I'm grateful for, for that part of it. Um, that's beautiful. I, I heard her say that the wigs expressed and repressed what she was feeling. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's an amazing gift when you're going through something so horrible that you can hide beautifully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she and, and Moira made it um, almost normal to be yeah. not look normal, you know, or mainstream, or um, you know. And I also love that Moira is the age that she is doing mm-hmm. because you know it's it's one thing when you're very young to do stuff like that but it's been um you know this really kind of cool movement has happened in a way where people who are 40 and over and are saying you know what I never thought of wearing a red lipstick yeah yeah (laughs) I never thought of you know I just thought that I wasn't supposed to do that by the standards of society and what have you. And Moira just, you know, really kind of took expressing yourself visually and taking what you feel on the outside and wearing it on the outside in whatever way makes you feel good. She took that to another level for so many groups of people and people that are normally ignored uh, an age group normally ignored. I mean, yeah, there's that whole thing that Norma Kamali talks about, about becoming invisible. And, you know, Moira is so inspiring that you don't have to put up with that. You do not have to accept that. (laughs) All of a sudden, one day you're invisible. And then, you know, and it was funny too, to see with Alexis and Moira, like that there wasn't a competition necessarily between the two. That was really refreshing, you know, because I was always expecting some kind of vibe to appear where they were in competition with each other, kind of. And I I didn't ever get that vibe, you know. I feel like in TV, a lot of times the mother and daughter are, 
mm-hmm. they address that somehow. Um, I wanted to talk about um, the 80s look, of course. That was, wait, so we saw the 80s look twice. We saw the 80s look in season six, yeah? And then we saw it also in the instruction, the HR instructional? No, yeah. two different things. Okay. No, the season six was the 90s. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. 90s flashback um, for her character, Vivian Blake. Yeah. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was, that was a flashback to the 90s, but the Rose video, um, you know, workplace etiquette video. <laughs> was Not to Crystal Carrington. Right. No, two separate ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when you went to the 90s, where did you go in, in the 90s for reference? Well, I did. Sorry, Anya, go ahead. Uh, her, uh, wig had already been established. Okay. Um, so I basically, uh, you know, just freshened it up and, uh, added a little bit of, uh, blonde highlights to it. Um, you know, where blonde happened to have, you know, be in the nineties. Oh my, Um, do you remember the stripes? I had the stripes. Yeah. Yeah. Chunky blonde highlight. Yeah. I want some chunky I want some chunky blonde highlight. What were yeah. we doing? It was uh, more like uh, um, uh, ginger spice where it was like red with the blonde contrast. Um, I mean, we didn't want to make it look so uh, distracting, but I did uh, add some more blonde in contrast to the red. You're a genius because it was like, it was not distracting and yet you can totally lock in on what that is, you know, and you remember it, but it was also glamorous. Like the soaps, the soaps always did it better. I wish we still had soaps. Oh my God. I would give anything. Yeah. And her makeup was very, um, um, I looked at pictures of like Donna Mills and, um, you know, the big soap stars that in that particular era. Yeah. And it was a lot of, um, it also reminded me of how everyone looked working at Mac in the nineties where I'm telling you. skin was very matte. Um, the, the, the brow had a very specific kind of shape the colors, mm-hmm. you know, she had this kind of, uh, a brownie tone to her lipstick. And then, mm-hmm. and then I had to actually mix things to make this nail polish. But um, remember vamp nail polish? Chanel? What, what do you mean? I, I still, I still obsess over it. I collect them. Oh, well, I, I didn't have it uh, like on set with me. And so I, I mixed some colors and made something that looked like vamp because that was the best thing in the night. I still go and get Lincoln Park in the dark because it's the closest thing, right? At oh, OP- I love that color. Oh, we know. And I, we're all over that color. We know. Yeah. My my girlfriend even begged me not to wear it in her wedding. And I was like, you know, I can't do that. I'm so sorry. I cannot do it. No. Um, <laughs> the Crystal Carrington wig is fantastic, obviously. Where are all the wigs now? Do you have them? I have them all. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, is there going to be a museum? Is there, what, what is there going to be honest? There's going to be one, right? Are they, where's the hotel exists? Yeah. Is it going to be like Twin Peaks where you can go there and you'll have a wig wall? I think they're selling, they're selling the hotel. Yeah. 
the the hotel is now for sale. So if anyone wants to, how do we buy uh, it? Well, let me tell you the the rooms inside that motel don't look like what the set looks like. Oh, <laughs> I there's you know I have memories of standing um, inside of a a bathtub and we had the bathtub curtains on because there was a scene where Moira was looking for a towel and her arm was saying, and then she had to stick her head out and her face had to be all wet. So I had to blast her in the face <laughs> with water every once in a while, but it smelled so bad in there that, and we had to be quiet. We we're in the bathtub and we we're just looking at each other like. <laughs> smells, but go ahead and buy it. Y'all go get that. <gasps> That motel. Oh my God, you guys, this is a tragedy. I'm so upset. I want to stop this because I want it to be a museum like Twin Peaks or something. I I don't, I want the wig wall to be something that people ba- get a ticket to go see. <laughs> Anya, you can like sell tickets to your house. Yes. Well, th- th- that's the other option. Yeah. Are you guys based in Toronto? You live in Toronto? Yes. I see. Okay. So, and then, but, but, but the show was shot in Canada and LA? No, just um, in uh, Toronto. Uh, okay. Our okay. Studio, uh, was uh, in Toronto. And then we would shoot the motel in uh, Orangeville. Okay. And then uh, we would shoot the town um, in Goodwood in Uxbridge. Okay. 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 But each of these places is maybe an hour-ish outside of uh, Toronto proper. But you didn't have to stay in the hotel. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was afraid that you were going to say that you had to stay there while you were filming. You each had rooms. Oh, that like- would be hilarious. But- <laughs> like a band, like band camp. Yeah, it's pretty, or ho- hockey. I think that they would put a lot of hockey, uh, teenage hockey basketball. players. Basketball. 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 Oh, my God. Sports. It's a functioning hotel. I see. Okay, okay, okay. Every once in a while, though, we would shoot the, um, like, the posters, the promo. Yeah. Um, in L.A. Okay. I think I saw somewhere, like, everybody in L.A. Uh, talk, being interviewed or something, but... Yeah. And does, does every do, does everybody live in Toronto too? The cast? No, they're all over the place. No, they're kind of they're all over the place. Yeah. Um. Oh my goodness, you guys! I what else have I mean? There's a million more things we could talk about. We've been talking for an hour about all these things, and it sounds like we've been talking for five minutes. I cannot thank you enough for spending your time with me today I'm and sharing. So happy to to be able to relive that amazing time. Yeah. I mean, we can do this every week if it helps you. (laughs) I liked, I would love to talk about it. I mean, I talk about it with Lucky every time I see her. Of course. Oh yeah, we we relive, we continue to work with each other a lot on a bunch of different projects. And um, there's so many kind of touchstone moments for us, uh, whether it was like a, a problem that we were trying to solve or a really happy moment or whatever. But um, it's really cool to have, not only did we have a, a friendship for a really long time and we continue to have a friendship, but also just this um, experience was just uh, another level of anchoring uh, an experience that was just, beyond mm-hmm. beyond our wildest dreams yeah and 
to think that you're not a bystander, you're not a small part of this. Like you're a huge, huge part. You made a huge contribution to makeup and hair history and fashion history. And it's just such a, I love seeing that. And I, I'm so happy that you are the people that you are and you're so grateful and you understand what you did. And it's just so inspiring to people, to me, it's really inspiring to, I seek to have purpose in, in, you know, you, you only get it a very few amount of times in yeah. your oh, career. That is some, that is some real ish that you just said right there. Right. Right? The, 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 that particular sense of purpose with the show and creating um, those characters and stuff and, and being able to work with those people. Um, it's so nice that this whole awards season has happened for everybody because it gives us a chance to celebrate it um even though we're in a pandemic and I know it's been a, a bright spot for us and it's it's hard to you know for a lot of people to have that feeling of a sense of purpose in the pandemic it's been a real gift for us to be able to revisit such a, a bright spot in our lives you know yes 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 yeah. and then one day you'll be able to be together <laughs> in the same room yeah. celebrating it yeah it's um and also uh, uh having a lot of gratitude um you know for the cast um you know and dan trusting us um with their process um, you know, being in the trailer in the morning and, and watching, um, you know, Eugene and Catherine, um, you know, do their lines and what their process was. And, um, you know, I, I just miss I miss reading the scripts and I miss, you know, going, you know, what are we going to create like this episode? You know, it was just um, a surprise each episode. And um yeah. yeah, the writing was so brilliant as well that there would be times where uh, I would be looking at the script, we would be looking at scripts, and this little like flicker of an idea would come just based on the quality of the words that someone had written. Right. You know? And so then we could be like, you know what, it said this in the script, what do you think about this? And it, and it could be the nucleus of an idea for something. And, and uh, it's so cool to work with people who are receptive and open and um, collaborative and, um, you know, it's, yeah, I, I mm -hmm. can only dream of ever finding an, uh, another situation like that because it was, it was a really incredible uh, and satisfying and exciting way to work. Of course. As artists, what, coming down from that, I don't think people talk about how crushing it is you know I don't I, it's really you sound like such a baby to like be like oh I want to I just want to do that again to, to your friends and stuff but like only real only other people who've been through something like that can understand the withdrawal of it and it's just yeah, you're you're basically I mean I um established relationships with Moira's wigs yeah you know, I, I remember yep. being in the trailer and having to take all the wigs down and off the mannequins mm -hmm. and putting them away. And I, I was, I was sad. Yeah. She was like, 
Good yeah. night, I, I, I enjoyed going to work every day and, and seeing um, what we had created, um, you know, because I, I would keep all the wigs displayed on heads, um, you know, just for inspiration and stuff. And um, yeah, I, I miss all of that. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's okay to be blue for a while. Yeah. 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 I mean, just think if the viewers are freaking out, I just can't imagine what you guys go through. So, but more to to come. That's the thing that makes me happy is even when I start feeling blue, these characters are, they're going to live on for so long and there's constantly going to be, uh, huge amounts of people who are going to be seeing it for the first time yes um or people who've watched it for the seventh 17th time because it gives them comfort mm-hmm. um those characters that stay alive so you know even though yeah. part, like you know the creative process is a feeling there is a, a sort of feeling of mourning about not doing the creative process but we get to see the the work um like the fans are just another level. They're so um, amazing and kind people and creative, like the things, the art that's come out of this show. Yes. And, um, you know, there's many of the the fans that we've met, that Anya and I have met because they just DM us on um, Instagram and, and are super supportive. And uh, they, they've now become friends, even though we haven't met in real life. Yeah. Yeah. I consider many of them friends. So yeah. it's really um who knew? <laughs> you know? So yeah. beautiful. Very beautiful. Well, thank you for your contribution to history for sure. <laughs> it was amazing to talk to you guys and and I can't wait to see what's next. Me too. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Not an eclipse in the those are birds! Look Behind the Look is a Vinyl Foot production, written by me, your host, Tiffany Bartok, produced by Jace Bartok, edited by Nicole Tucker. If you're interested in learning more, find our video version on the YouTube channel, Look Behind the Look Podcast. There you can see rare photos and clips from our guests. And please follow us on Twitter at LookBehindPod and Instagram at LookBehindTheLook. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends and spread the word. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or any podcatcher of your choice. Thanks for listening to Look Behind the Look.